Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. You're in the team room, and we have Aaron and I, but then we also have Maki Pitolo. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So uh, you, you've kind of got your hands in a lot of different things. You're One, you're running Deep End Fitness out in Las Vegas. Yep. So part of, part of Prime and all those guys out there teaching breathing underwater uh underwater torpedo league underwater just full up training and then you're in your spare time you're also a professional mma fighter i don't know how you have the time man it uh it just finding the balance i would say finding the <laughs> weak spot <laughs> well yeah man well let's let's start at the beginning i, I see you're outside in the, in the beautiful las vegas we had rain some rain either early this morning or last night so um you're out there enjoying that nice weather, but, uh, let's, let's dive in on like, well, let's start with MMA first and then we'll, we'll go into the deep in fitness stuff. But did you always want to be a, a professional fighter or how'd you, how'd you find your way into that? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, well, first off, I, I started doing MMA just to get in shape for the football season. And, uh, I, I started my journey in high school, my background is kickboxing and that's where it all started. I did kickboxing to stay in shape, lose weight. And kind of like you're in you're in your teens, so you're 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 actually getting in shape to impress everybody, impress the crowd, impress my friends at that time. Um, and really, really, really quickly, I found the knack for it, and I found that I I liked I liked the competition side of it, and it humbled me to to be able to keep chasing the dream. Um, so I went from having the dream of strapping on the helmet and playing football to strapping on the gloves and wanting to strap on UFC gloves, since I could first remember putting on uh kickboxing gloves or regular boxing gloves and even MMA gloves. And from there, I was like, dude, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be able to go in there, not only put on good performances and excite the crowd, but be able to compete against another another person in martial arts is probably the most purest form of of uh, of comp- martial arts competition. Oh, well, yeah. Com- I mean, yeah. Competition in go general. Ahead. Yeah. It's like... Uh, you know, football is one thing. And, and, uh, you know, my son is, is funny. Like he grew up doing jujitsu as well. And, uh, he's a, a weightlifter and a jujitsu athlete now, but he, uh, he, he says like, I always ask him, I'm like, Hey, you know, you watch any sports? Like, what are, what are we doing? He was like, you know, I don't like anything other than individual sports. He was like, I don't have anybody to, to, to blame. And, you know, the work is all on me. It's funny that you just happen to get into something that you love as, as an off season sport. When did you make the transition away from full-time Football because MMA is obviously a full time gig, right? You got you know stand up, you got to be on the ground. When 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 did you make that transition? When I was going to seventeen, and I've I've the ground running ever since. And turned back or decided to change my career paths. Um, the full steam ahead as soon as I made that decision, and I've been I've been blessed ever since. Right. How was the, uh, so the, it, it's a long road from amateur fighting to, to getting onto a team and stuff. Who were, who were some of your first mentors as you started off on your journey in MMA? Uh, some of my mentors that I looked up to back home was, uh, first coming into kickboxing was always Nico Vitale coming up. He's, uh, one of the legends back home. Uh, then I, as soon as I found out on the bigger promotions, it was UFC. Then it was BJ Penn. He was, right. was always the guy that, uh, us Hawaii guys were always looking up to. And then thereafter, it was like guys like Dan Henderson, uh, one of my favorite fighters, Vitor Belfort. As I started to learn about the MMA community and see all these legends in the game, these were the guys that I was looking up to at my time coming up. Yeah. When was the uh, 
Did you ever get to roll with any of them? When was the first time that you ever, like, were you ever, like, for real starstruck? Uh, I fought on BJ Penn's cards uh, back home in Hawaii. He called it Just Scrap, which means Just Scrap means Just Fight. Uh, I fought on a couple of his cards, met him. The first time I met him, I was uh, 18, and that's when I was like, oh, dude, like, so much better. <laughs> fight on your card this is amazing um just even giving me the opportunity to be able to to go out there for my second mma fight i was already a co-main event for bj penn's card uh i took a short notice fight and it was a co-main event um my boy was telling me it's a free trip they'll pay for it like dude put me down let's go i'm i'm all i'm all in and it's bj penn's card i want to meet the guy uh so i got to go there met him and that's probably the only time i really was like whoa dude this is this is a legend right in front of my face (laughs) Yeah, there's you can't help but be a bit starstruck when you got BJ Penn and guys like that around. Like what, Aaron? What would we have? We had uh, Greg Jackson on a couple of years yeah. ago too, right? Yeah, it was. It's one of those things where, man, when you're in that community and you know what some of these folks are, they they really are legends, living legends. Uh, so you can't help but be starstruck. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I distinctly remember you know rolling it out. Albuquerque, the only the only professional sport is mixed martial arts. So th- I mean, there's seven, eight jujitsu gyms, high level jujitsu gyms, and no kidding. Like the day that, uh, you know, my son, there was like an open mat tournament or like an open mat sort of like a seminar thing. And Holly Holm got her blue belt at that time. So that's how long ago this was. But it's like Holly Holm, uh, John Jones, uh, Michelle Watterson were all there because they're all Albuquerque natives. My my son and I were rolling around and like we ran into Holly Holm. And I was at the time I was like a two or three stripe blue belt. So like Holly had to like move away from us because I outranked her on the mat. And I was just like, hold on, this is, this is a world champion. Right? Yeah. Like, what am I, what am I doing? It's the most ridiculous thing. So you talk about being a co-main event essentially right away. We have a lot of folks that listen to us and they, they hit us up and we did a, a, uh, an episode on imposter syndrome, but a lot of the questions we get is, you know, how do I know if I'm ready? Your second MMA fight, you were a co-headliner for BJ Penn. How did you make that leap? Like, how did you talk yourself into being ready for that fight? Uh, the people I had around me, honestly, they were, they were telling me, at, one, I train hard. Two, to trust the process. And the third one was that fear that I was feeling was just my body telling me that I was ready to to go out there and do do work. And I just had to trust that the training that I did will pay off. It's hard. I mean, that's, that's easy to, it, I'm sorry, I stepped on your Maki, but that is uh that is easy to say much, much harder to do and believe, believe in, because when you're, when you're operating at the level that, that you were in training at that level, that's, that's tough to actually step back and objectively look and go, no, I'm, I'm ready for this. I, I, I can do it. I'm ready. Okay. So trusting it was a trusting what where I'm at the people I got around me was a big thing. Oh yeah, uh, and and to trust that they won't um, kind of sell you bad bad info and just tell you what you want to hear, like oh yeah 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 you're ready, but you you keep going and just pat you on the butt and, and get you in there just to get your ass kicked. But yeah, um, and, and we yeah it was 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 second to none because at that at that time I was. I think I was 18 or 19 taking that fight and I had, uh, my coaches around me, my two coaches, actually, they were, they were also mentors, right? My first Boston coach, his name was Sam. And then one of my brothers, his name is Sasae. Those two guys were pushing me at that time to be the best that I could be. Cause I was already coming through the kickboxing, amateur kickboxing. I had a pretty good name for myself already. So transitioning from kickboxing to MMA was where, 
I was, I knew like, I, re- I had already knew like, okay, if I take this step, I'm already taking the next steps to the dream that I want to make come true. So by any means, I'm going to make this happen. And these boys made sure like, okay, your boxing is going to be up to par. Your, your card is going to be up to par. Everything you're doing, we're going to make sure. I mean, it was almost like a rocking movie at that time. It was like, we're, we're running on the beach, racing each other, carrying bricks, doing old school weightlifting techniques in the backyard. Um, so it was great. And just trusting these two guys to be able to push me to the next level was what, just what I needed. I can't help but uh, envision a uh, 80s montage right 100%. now. Oh. Yeah. The beaches yeah, just, of Hawaii, short shorts, yeah. got, you got a, a good glisten of sweat on there. No big deal. Swimming between the islands, you know, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just watched Team America last night. So uh, the, the montage is real. Nice. <laughs> Um, let's see you, we've, I full, full disclosure for folks that we we've actually had this scheduled two other times before, but you have taken on fights. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what's happened. It has, has somebody fallen out? Like they didn't make Wade or, or they got injured and then you stepped in, but we've tried to schedule this a couple of times and you've had to step out twice just because you're like, I got to go fight and, and I'm accepting this fight. So how does all that work? Um, so the first one was the bare knuckle MMA. That one I actually had scheduled. And then just our dates didn't make, uh, match up. So that one was a scheduled fight. I, ha- I was preparing for that one correctly. This last one that we were supposed to do, that one, the opponent fell out. And my management team called me asking me if I could replace the fight because it was here in Las Vegas. So I was training. I was ready. And I was. I took the fight on short notice. So I was like, let's do it. I'm, this is what I do, you know? Yeah. So do you kind of live your life by you're always ready? You always have a, a certain level of baseline fitness and, and readiness? Or are you, uh, do you kind of ebb and flow like, like some of the other fighters? Yeah. I, I, I would say prior, I would have an ebb and flow going in and out, going in through a fasted state and a feasting state. Um, but now, nowadays, I have a baseline that I hold to myself. And, uh, and this is where I tie in deep in fitness. I'm always, I'm always in shape. I'm always pushing the limits for myself. So to take a fight is, ah, it's like another sparring session for me. So I, I, it's a, it's a live and die by the sword type of mentality, but I feel like I'm always staying ready, utilizing the water, utilizing my mindset and, uh, being able to stay on that baseline fitness is, is what I hold myself to. And I, I'm able to, that's where I'm able to pull the trigger on saying yes to fight so short notice. Down was three. No, I took the fight four days notice, had medical. So I only had three days to prepare for. Oh my (laughs) gosh, bro. No, thanks. (laughs) thanks. I can't, I can't even like, I I don't even know. I can't even take a vacation on four days notice. And you're talking about getting into a cage fight, my dude, like, man, well, and it's it's something that we we try to we try to put out there all the time, right? Sometimes from older dudes, or you know, sometimes from from us, it gets to be a little bit old hat, right? We're saying, hey, you always have to be ready. You always have to be able to answer that call. For us, it's a little bit different, you know. When you're on alert, when you're when you're in the special operations world, like if you get out of shape, and guys do it, you know, that's that's what other people don't understand too. Like we have these seasons in our life where sometimes you're not focused on fitness or you catch an injury and then you're off for a week or two weeks. And you know, it's then that becomes a month, you know, if you're not on status or whatever, it can, it can be one of those things, but you know, living that life of always ready, you know, you don't get to necessarily say when that call comes in and through deep end fitness, you found a way to maintain a really high level 
of fitness and a really high level of readiness. How does deep end fitness and specifically, um, you know, when you look at your curriculum, it's not just, you know, the water stuff, but it's an entire catalog of exercises, strength and conditioning, uh, mindset stuff. How did, how does deep end fitness underpin your training? So deep end fitness helps me with three aspects. The first one is my cardio, being able to control that when I, when I'm redlining, being able to control that red line and bring myself back down to a neutral state, uh, in competition, you know, we only have one minute to recover. So I utilize that mindset is that being able to keep a calm, breathe, calm mindset is one of the biggest, uh, ideologies that we take from deep end fitness. And I apply that into everything that we do while I program. Um, then the third is being able to utilize breath work. So being able to control my cardio with a strong mindset and a calm breeds calm type of mindset, and then having the correct breath work for everything that I'm doing throughout my career. I've, I've found out that different types of breathing patterns work for different types of things. You got the box breathing to bring the anxiety down, even triangle breathing to bring the anxiety down, um, recovery breathing into the nose, out to the mouth till you finally find yourself going in and out through the nose, which is the best, the probably the best way to breathe. Um, so I found different techniques with the breathing parts that just tie all three of those together. And that works for me the most. Um, different people have different, different aspects to how the water helps them. Um, a lot of my, a lot of my athletes I've, I've heard whenever I talk to them, the breathing part is what helps them tie them back to being able to have a calm mindset, being able to control their cardio in, in crappy situations. And then even for entrepreneurs or business people, they also tie in with the breathwork more and how that helps them. And then even being able to face themselves one-to-one when they're underwater, being able to control their own thoughts. Now they got to feed themselves positive thoughts, winning thoughts, instead of the doubting thoughts, the losing thoughts. And I find that turns them, they're going in with a negative mindset. They're coming out with a positive. So breathwork is huge. It's the only, it's the only process that you, in your body that you can control right? So if you're not thinking about it, if you're not actively controlling it, then it's going to go ahead and be automatic. But it's not like you can control your heartbeat. It's not like you can control your other body processes, your breath, you can actually control that and 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 get a different benefit from from how you're breathing. Everything that you're saying there, like, man, I'm making so many connections to, you know, it, no wonder that, you know, you, you went from a, a team sport to really an individual sport in MMA, you're the only person in the cage, you're the only person depending on success and failure. And that's what's distinctly different about our assessment selection is we add that water aspect and there's nobody that can help you under that water. You know, other than buddy breathing, where somebody's going to pass you the snorkel and, and you're going to get a breath thanks to your buddy, man, there's nobody that can help you in that underwater. There is nobody that can help you get from one side of the pool to the other. There's nobody that can make you tie those knots faster, or get your gear off quicker. How do you take somebody that's never done any water confidence drills and doesn't have any experience in the water? How do you get them through those first couple of sessions? What do you focus on? So we, fo- I focus on their capabilities. Then the next step I take is teaching them some breath control, teaching them the next step would be teaching them our ideologies behind the be safe method and the free mindset focus, relax, economy of motion, and teaching them the efficient breathing techniques that we utilize. And then I take them into the water. First technique that I show them is how to tread water just a little bit, showing them how to stay calm while they're above water. Second technique I utilize in the six foot side of the pool, if they're really green to it, I just teach them how to touch the bottom of the pool. Because a lot of them think that they're going to be coming in and swimming right out the gate. I'm like, no, no, I want you to get used to just being in the water, my friend. Get, get comfortable here first. Then we'll start teaching you because I can't teach you if you're panicking the whole time. Then that that usually shifts into, okay, 
he's actually trying to teach me something here. Um, then we, once we see them getting comfortable is when we start to utilize different techniques, uh, the, teaching them an underwater crossover, teaching them how to properly hold their breath and utilize not, not just focusing inward on the CO2 tolerance. And when fighting that urge to breathe, we teach them techniques to shy away from that. One thing that we like to do is sing your favorite song when you're under the, under the water and it gets chaotic. Sing your favorite song, focus outward. Don't put your focus inward. And when we shift it to a military aspect, don't focus on yourself, focus on the team, focus on the mission at hand, keep focus and keep your point of contact on the goal, not on what I'm feeling because what I'm feeling is not going to help the team. Right. So that's where yeah. we kind of real green beginners. We help them with those techniques. And, uh, from there on, we pick it up and we've seen guys and even teenagers and kids come in that were real green and scared of the water. And they're now swimming in 13 feet of water, touching the bottom of the pool, chilling with us at the bottom of the pool. It's took in a while, but as you're, that's why I tell everybody to keep coming to deep end fitness. We keep sharpening the mindset. We keep practicing these benefits and keep practicing the, the psychological side to where you're trying to go. You versus you. Um, what's the best version of you that you want to want to show up on competition day on the day that it's time to go out there and do the mission, you know? So you gotta, you gotta be able to close all these tabs and pull up the best version of yourself when it's time to go. That's a, that is a fantastic analogy or a fantastic way to put that. You got to close those tabs and focus outwardly. I'll tell you what, from, from being a guy that's been underwater fighting that urge, the second that you start being self-focused or inwardly focused, you're like, I have to breathe. Oh man, this sucks. My chest is burning. It's a, it's a wrap. You're, you were not long for the world uh, at that point. So, man, it's a fantastic way to put it. So I want to talk basic breath work stuff. Like if you could give somebody, you know, a ton of people out there, like, I don't even know how to start. So, you know, Wim Hof has their stuff out there. There's a bunch of other people that do basic breath work. Let's just say baseline for anxiety. Somebody is having a rough go of it. They're just, you know, inwardly focusing on having those, those negative thoughts or those intrusive thoughts, what do you, uh, what would be just a quick cheat code you give somebody just to get their breath under control? So as you start, as you start to feel that panic attack or that anxiety attack, instantly start trying to breathe through your nose, in through your nose, out through your mouth. And what I tell everybody, uh, recovery breathing is just a three count. I'm not trying to look at a timer. I'm just trying to count to three in through my nose and out through my mouth for five. Now, the whole time you're doing that, you want to feel the air coming in, feel the air going out with ease. You don't want to be forcing this in or out. Then the next thing, the second thing, you want to visualize what's pulling up the anxiety, whatever it may be. Maybe I'm at work and my boss is giving me some crap. Our minds are like iPhones. We got a lot of tabs open or back in the day, computers. This day and age is the iPhones. We got a lot of iPhones, a lot of apps open. We got to be able to swipe up on all those tabs, especially when the boss is getting on your nerves, swipe up on that. And pull up your your goal, what it is that you're truly happy about. And while you're breathing and recovering, you're able to focus and pinpoint that accuracy where it's, this is my happy place. This is what's going to keep me out of the anxiety bubble. This is what's going to keep me out of the unsafe bubble, wherever I may be, the uncomfortable bubble. And keep me in my, in my happy zone. And while I'm recovering, doing that, you're going to feel your heart rate drop down. You're going to feel your body come back to normal temperatures. And you just keep doing this as long as you can. I usually promote five to 10 minutes is perfect. But in you're in a work setting, you, you do whatever it may be, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes just to reset the mindset, reset the, the goal, and then get after it again. 
Yeah. And, and it's important to also recognize, I think, when those times to do that are important because, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned your boss is giving you shit or something like that, or you're just, you know, in a fight with, with your significant other or something like that. But I mean, um, car accidents, you know, or, or if you get, you know, almost, almost in a car accident and you kind of like, oh my gosh, you got to be able to, and really, really quickly too, because you could be doing 70 miles an hour on the highway. You've got to be able to bring that, um, that anxiety, that just what you said, your, your, your nervous system, you got to be able to bring it down. And if, I mean, especially when you're traveling at that kind of speeds, things happen. Um, and so that's, that's good being able to recognize when that is and be able to do it on the move without having to pull over. Now, if you got to pull over, you pull over, but I mean, it's, there, there are a lot of situations I can think of that go on a, on a day-to-day basis where man recognizing and, and pulling out some breathing techniques would, would be a massive help. Yeah. That's just, that's just one of the many, the many techniques, you know? something like that where you are able to have time and you do have 10 minutes every day, do some box breathing or do some triangle breathing where you're doing, I call it the legs, but you're going to go three seconds in three second, hold three seconds out. Or if it's a box, it's even amounts. You got to inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And these, this ultimately helps you be able to really put everything in a box and compact it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, now we, you were, when, when Aaron was talking to you about the, uh, the team, or you had mentioned kind of the team focusing on the team. I couldn't help but think of the many, many times I was in the pool and we would have somebody kind of pop that we call it popping where, you know, they're doing an underwater event. They have to go subservice and they just continually pop. And then the rest of the team has got to pay for those transgressions, right? They just, the pain will continue until you make it all the way or you quit. Um, I, I am a hundred percent on board with what you're talking about is focusing on the team, focus on something else, putting the team first. Um, so not necessarily a question to you. I just had to get that out there because I agree. And that's something that I used. Um, not that I popped very much because I didn't. Let's, no, be, never, let's baby. be clear on that. Could never be me, baby. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, that's those are some of the things that I would think of as um putting putting the team first. Uh, yeah. just just to get through we, it. I think of my kids and my my wife. I'm whenever I'm in that state, even when I'm trying to push underwater, um my last my last the last time I had to go back to that and really put the focus on the on the outwardly was when I attempted to do seventy our pool is a seven a twenty five yard pool and we do fifty yards uh, underwater crossover. I tried to do a seventy yard, I hit it. After a couple failed attempts, but man, 75 yards was when I was, I really had to go to the, the dark side, not the dark side, the bright side. Yeah. I thought, all right, I got this fundamentals, keep my mind focused on my fam. This is what I'm going to do to get to the end. And I, it was like, a I treated it as a life or death. I was like, I got to get to that wall. I got to get to that wall. And I did. It was awesome. But putting the focus outwards was on the money. Now you've invited me out to, to deep end fitness, Las Vegas to come and hang out and train with you guys. Waiting. I'm, I'm not a, yeah, yeah. You should get them with you doing get 50. Him, yeah. You're doing 50 yard crossovers. You may be waiting a little bit longer. <laughs> I need to, but see, I, and that's where the, that's where you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to do it. But it, bro, our, the program, the crawl, walk, run type of program. So when I'm saying 50, that's where I am at. 
you know, 75, that's where I'm 25 yards is in half of that, even working way to that. It's, it's a crawl, walk, run program. And that's the biggest thing that everybody has to get it. It, I didn't become a professional MMA fighter overnight. It took me baby steps to get here. So it's the same thing for the water. Same thing for. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, if this was, uh, you know, when I was just coming through the pipeline, you'd be like, yeah, no, no big deal. Cause that's, those are things that we used to do. It's been a little bit for me. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta come visit you guys and get you my got mind it, right. Just, just dig down deep, baby. You got it. You know what, you know what that feeling would be like when you're on the wall and you hear them words, you'd be like, okay, come on, time to go. I gotta just go. Like an old hat. Just pull it on. It's like a warm jacket, peaches. <laughs> <laughs> it's my comfort zone. I love it. It is. Pool. Got to. Hey, it's yeah. nice. And I always say, you know, it's nice and quiet under there. If you just focus outwardly, it's actually very peaceful. Some of the most peaceful times that you'll ever have. Well, mm-hmm. fun story. Some of the most peaceful times you ever have might be right before you gray out and meet the wizard. But all I'm saying <laughs> is right before that, it's very peaceful. You're not thinking about a whole lot. Maki, I wanted to, to ask a specific couple of questions here, especially that we get a lot of a lot of people will hit us up with, you know, uh, questions about really specific water training stuff. We always defer to the experts. Well, you're the expert. Uh, question number one is about breath holds. In your opinion, is it more important to have a super long breath hold or is it more important to be efficient underwater and making all of your processes work as well as they can? Okay. Say, say that one more time. Oh, okay. Sorry. The, uh, the question is about breath holds. So people will hit us up and they'll be like, oh, I want to have the longest breath hold I have so that I, c- I can hold my breath for four minutes. Then that means any task I do. Usually what we say is kind of the opposite. I tell people I'm not necessarily worried about your your breath hold per se. I'd like you to be able to deal with stress underwater, but I want you to be as as, as efficient as you possibly can. If it takes you 50% less time than the person next to you, then you don't have to hold your breath so long. What's your opinion on that? Uh you you said it exactly. Can I be how efficient can I be for the goal at hand? We do one called the uh, dumbbell tie downs where I take three velcro straps and I have them strap each dumbbell together. So two dumbbells and I have them strap the three together. And I let them know like this could take you 30 seconds or this could take you one minute. It depends on how you're operating and how smooth you're going. So in all necessary, uh, yeah, how efficient can you be? And if we're talking about trying to get a longer breath hold, then that takes practice as well. Right. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. It's a, a question that we always, we answer pretty much the three of us the same way. We say, Hey, you know, I'd rather see you be very efficient. I had a friend that could do, you know, uh, exactly what you're saying. There's a, an event called ditch and Dawn where you have to take your equipment off and put it back on. My friend could do this in less than like 10 seconds and he was perfect at it. It used to absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. It used to absolutely infuriate the instructors. Cause his name, his name was Rob. He would just go down he would take his stuff off. He'd come right back up and everybody else would be down there literally forever. And it was perfect. Like you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, catch him slipping on it ever. Um, but he was always like, I don't have to hold my breath. All I did have to hold my breath is 30 seconds, a 25 meter underwater. If you're efficient, 30 seconds tops, you're going to be yep. down. You'll be fine. I'll, why do I need a four minute breath hold? But it's just one of those questions where people, and again, no, no fault to them. They're just assuming, well, if I do these, you know, CO2 tables and I do this breath work, then I'm going to be able to hold my breath for four minutes. Well, okay. Laying on your bed. Sure. You'll be able to hold your <laughs> breath for four minutes, but you know, midway through a pool session where I'm taking you out of the pool to do flutter kicks and to do squats and to do push ups and to do buddy carries and then putting you back in, like things are going to be a little bit different. So yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Another uh, quick hitter question here. You mentioned it earlier, but I want to, I'd like you to elaborate on uh, the importance of breathing through your nose. Uh, so there's a lot of research out there, you know, people taping their mouths when they work out or when they sleep now. And, and, and can you just explain kind of the reasoning behind breathing through your nose is the gold standard? Uh, so breathing through our nose, that's, that's the human, this is what this is for, just to breathe in and out. Uh, a lot of people don't know that when you're when you're breathing in through your nose, it's releasing a, a natural calming anxiety throughout your body. Uh, it releases uh, a gas. I don't. I don't, I don't want to get this wrong, but it releases a gas into the body that helps helps transfer red blood cells where you need it the most. So, as I was saying earlier, the recovery breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, that's already helping you spread that gas throughout your body. That helps carry the red blood cells where you need it um, for working out. That's what I like to lean in on, breathing into the nose, out through the mouth, till I can fully get a grip on my breath where I'm just going into the nose, out through the nose. Um, I heard you say taping the mouth. I've I've uh, played around with the tape on the mouth while I sleep, and that has helped me stop snoring. It's uh, I've done it for a span of six months, and sometimes I wake up and I like when I when I'm really tired, I, it's on. But when I first started getting used to this technique, I would wake up with the tape like half on, half off. <laughs> But I'm, I'm just he stopped snoring. It's uh, it's dialed me in on my breath work. I'm able to pull more oxygen in while I'm sleeping. And uh, believe it or not, my sleep's actually I, I wear the R ring and my sleeps have have been through the roof. My rest periods are way better because I'm only nose breathing. Fantastic. I, I you know, uh, I'm a subject matter enthusiast uh, is what we would call it. Not necessarily an expert. But a lot of the, uh, you know, I have a, a couple of good friends that really, I just had a friend that rolled in a jujitsu tournament and literally taped his mouth um, for the entire grappling tournament and ended up winning gold. So uh, out there in Vegas. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Now, Eddie, Eddie's a beast uh, out of Cobinho, uh, Cobinho's spot out there. So, yeah, amazing. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to kind of like quick hitter uh, talk about here is is the um, breathwork prior to an event. So we talked about how it is that we can calm down for an event. What would you recommend for somebody that's getting ready to go into something? How do you get yourself into that mental ready state using your breath work? So I like to do the, I do 30 seconds, three rounds, 30 seconds of mouth breathing, intense mouth breathing. It looks something like this. Just to get the heart rate up and really get my body ready for what's about to come. And this is me getting ready for a fight, getting ready to go out there. Maybe in 15 minutes, I'm about to go out for my fight. I'll do these three repeated rounds. Intense 30 seconds of mouth breathing, getting my heart rate up. And then I control that back down with recovery breathing when, when I'm going three seconds in through my nose, five seconds out through my mouth. And that helps me dial it in and get my lungs warmed up and flush my lungs of all the bad crap that's in there and really pull back in clean oxygen, ready to go, ready to use. And, and you're, you're teaching all these, all of these different techniques at each one of your, um, your pool sessions that you guys have. This tech, this breathing uh, practice is one that I use right before we we uh, go into our dynamic warm ups at the pool every time. So it's a standard for myself that I that I do myself uh, pretty much every day. Okay, so how do we how do we find you guys and how do we like say say I you know want to get into the pool? I've seen underwater torpedo league on on all the highlight reels on ESPN because they love playing those. It's great, man. You guys, I want to say y'all have made it. When ES uh, Sports Center is is putting y'all stuff out there, I was like, "Yo, the boys yeah. made it." I, I yeah. think I even hit Prime up direct. I was like, "Hey, what up?" 
<laughs> so so we find you guys online and and we we book an appointment and then go from there eatbenfitnessvegas uh is our at gmail.com is our email you can email us anytime um and then we, if you follow us on ig def underscore vegas is our instagram page for the las vegas location and that's where you can find us on our website you can drop in for daily classes you can buy monthly passes you can even buy private uh private sessions between myself and my instructors i have two other instructors under me and listen our community is still growing i'm still new to this new to owning this uh business and i'm looking to grow the community through the military i'm looking to grow the mili- uh grow my business through professional athletes through entrepreneurs the everyday the everyday athlete that wants better for themselves people regular people that are in their daily walks of life that want to be 1% better with breathing, with mindset. I want them to come out and experience this as well. Cause it is overall, overall, it's a great experience for the mental health and for teaching us how to breathe and bring, bring things back to how we should be operating. No, no, exactly. And do I need to be able to swim? Like I'm sure it helps, but, it, but honestly, you don't have to, you don't have to be able to swim. We teach you everything that we, that we know which is everything that you should be able to know, uh, that you'll, that you'll learn, um, water confidence. We'll get that through the roof, drown proofing. You'll be drown proofed in no time. And the confidence in the water will, will being surrounded by myself and my instructors, your water confidence is going to be through the roof within two to three sessions. I promise you that. Two to three sessions. That's incredible. Like that's a, that's a massive learning curve. Yeah. And it's all through <laughs> the barriers in you. So I, I know that this isn't necessarily tangible, but have you guys noticed a an increase or and maybe not you, but some of your clients, have you guys noticed an increase in um kind of mental acuity and, and the ability to to handle stress? Because in a time right now that, you know, anxiety is the highest that it's ever been in the US or just the world. Um depression and mental health is at the the forefront of a lot of people's minds. I've got to imagine that doing the kind of work that you guys are doing in deep in fitness, that it, you're seeing increases in people's overall ability to handle stress, lower anxiety, um, less depression, that kind of stuff. Do, do you notice any of that kind of stuff? I do. I notice that in a, basically every person that comes through my program, I, I, uh, I see the resilience that they build towards their lifestyle no matter if they're a professional uh, fighter, a pro athlete, a military, going into selections, um, even just moms, dads, and kids, right? Our kids are the ones that are on the tablets the most. And I see them being fearless in everything that they're doing in front of me and just seeing them go in with a certain attitude, negative attitude, and come out with a positive, like, wow, I, I didn't know I had that in me. I didn't know I could even do that. And seeing them break those barriers and and come over those things and leave leave with leave better than I kind of come to me and leaving better than they were when they came in is uh, I can say a hundred percent everybody comes in nobody I have I haven't had one person that came in yet that had a negative uh, negative experience. That's awesome. Yeah, and the other thing there is you know you're going to lose like these sessions are not going to go well. You are going to pop. You are going to have those things. You're not going to be able to 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 complete everything every single time. It's just the nature of life. Like you're not an undefeated professional or amateur fighter. You've had to take losses. You've had to deal with getting back in the pool after those things. Peaches and I 
you know, I, one of the, the best things that you can do for a, a student or anybody on the team is, you know, when we're parachuting, we have a cutaway when your initial shoot doesn't work. And that second one, you got to throw that bad boy out and hope that, that it works uh, or you're going to have an impact with the ground. Um, the best thing that you can do is put another shoot on and immediately go right back up, just right back into it as fast as you possibly can. Don't sit there and dwell on it. How, how are some, what are some other things that you use to get people back in the fight and how do you deal with those losses? Um, so when, when they're not necessarily performing the way they, I always let them know that this is part of, this is part of the programming. We, I do a one, I do one that's called zero out. I teach this, um, I apply this to my practices It's called zero out and I put them on a number scale, right? So you have the mindset, you have the, you have your breath work, you have your skill set, which is the technique. And that's the part that they mostly are messing up on. And then I have the recovery. Your, how are I, how am I recovering from the workout? So earlier in the pod, we were talking about the dumbbell tie downs for beginners. Not a lot of people can even get to tie all three down at one time, even in six feet of water. Sometimes they can only get one, one tie around and then they come up. And that's when I see them defeat like, dang, I wasn't able to get, I wasn't able to get all three, but I look at them and tell them, Hey, look at the bright side. You didn't get three, but you got one, you got one on there with the same type of mindset that got the one let's go back and attack two. Okay, now they go down and they get two. They were trying for three. They couldn't get three rings around. They come back up, still feeling defeated. Man, I want to, Monkey, I want to get all three of them. I, I know I can. Okay, that's what you need. I know you can. And I've seen I, I, I've seen you just do a breath hold for one minute and you're down there for 30 seconds freaking out already. You got to calm down. You got to listen to your mindset, sing your favorite song. And now let's go back and attack for three. So putting them, taking them out of the negative and having them focus on the positive is what, I always do to help them cope with the stress and anxiety that they're feeling. I feed them more positive because at that time they're just looking at the negative and the negative can be this big where the positive was just big. And they're just looking at this and forgetting all about the positive. Yeah, They got to bring as an instructor, as a guide, we got to bring back the good experience, the good positives. And that's where they're like, okay, yeah, you're right. I can get two more. Let me go down there and do it with the recovery that they're doing, the proper recovery technique. You see them closing out the tabs. All right, I'm a, I'm an attack. I'm gonna attack this monkey. All right, let's go. I'm gonna be down there with you. Take the three big breaths. We go down and bang. They they're hitting it because they're in a positive state, not in a negative state. The crazy thing about that is those same people couldn't even swim a week before that, and then they're focusing on the negative, like, oh, I couldn't get all three. Like, bro, you couldn't tread water a week ago, and you're down there, you know, doing these things in the water. Like, it's really important as an instructor. And it makes my my little instructor heart happy to hear you say that you focus on the positive and you focus people in on what it is that they can do and what it is that they are doing as opposed to what they failed at. Because, you know, we as humans, man, it's it's easy to be like, oh, I failed. I didn't throw that punch correctly. I didn't, you know. Jiu-jitsu. I, I, I did. I had a, a crappy day rolling or I couldn't figure it out, man. You, you didn't know how to tie a belt a month ago and you're in here now worrying about, you know, all this other stuff. Um, Maki, we, we usually end with, with asking somebody for, for their advice. So man, from, you know, your journey as a, as a kickboxer, you know, from the, the islands of Hawaii and, and coming through your MMA career and eventually finding yourself in a deep end fitness and find all this, all this mental preparation and finding yourself as, constantly ready and a coach and somebody that can mentor and guide somebody to, to those positive things. You know, we see a lot of that um, in what we do as well, right? So we may not have the exact same journey, but man, I, I think you got a lot of advice for somebody that's trying to start out on something that are, they're not necessarily confident at. What advice would you give to that group of people that's trying to do something impossible? My advice to those that are still chasing the chasing it and about to attempt it 
know that be failures, but have that never give up attitude. That's my biggest advice right there. Know that there will be failures, but never give up and never give up on yourself. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. Maki Patolo, man, where, where can we find you? Uh, obviously, Deep End Fitness, so DEF underscore Vegas is where they can find everything. Uh, Peaches is out there in Vegas. I'm going to be out there very soon, so yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll hey. go ahead and put it out there in the world. I'll actually show up to a pool event. <laughs> um, yeah, that's on DEF underscore Vegas, which is just Deep End Fitness underscore Vegas. Um, you can get all our contact information through there, and then you can find myself under coconut underscore bombs with a Z that's coconut underscore bombs with a Z. And that's where you'll find myself. Um, you can DM me any questions that y'all have anybody that's watching this podcast. You come out, let me know that you were watching this podcast and I got you for a deep and fitness session. Oh, snap. Nice. And my community and help people be better mentally, physically, whatever I can do to bring you, bring you to that next level. Maki. That's awesome, man. That's cool. I, I, I'm going to let some of the boys know. And, uh, <laughs> what the, I promise I'll be out there before Aaron does. <laughs> we'll see. We'll yeah. see, Feech. Aaron, Aaron may just fly down just, just out of spite. Might have to. Might have to. <laughs> yeah, we got we got quite a few dudes on, on Nellis that, uh, that aren't able to attend some of the development sessions. So they kind of do a lot of pool work on their own. So... Um, Hey, you send them my way, bro. Yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll put the word out, and they're usually watching this. Perfect. So awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you uh, you joining us and and hanging out with us. And you got you got a good. Just so you know, you got some good takes on here that uh, that we're gonna put out. So it's really good. And nice. uh, yeah, man. And everybody out there, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and then we're uh, we're out here. Later, folks. Thanks, Bucky. Right.